Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Mickey Mike's Up. Today I have my friend Lydia on here with me. Lydia is so cool and I'm sure that I will rave about her when I post this because I'm very glad to know Lydia and I'm very excited to talk to her about just college stuff and, you know, how you kind of don't need to know what you want to do right when you get to college because it really is a time for learning and growing and figuring out what you want to do. So we are going to talk about that. And then I'm going to get into a couple of the Challenge Cup games from last weekend and Wednesday. I'm probably going to talk about like three of them and just give you the scores of the other ones to keep you updated with how the groups are going. That is pretty much all that is going to be on for this episode. I have, like I say every week, I have some exciting stuff coming up soon. And I'm very excited for the next few interviews I have planned and just everything. So thanks for listening and let's just get into it. So I'm here with Lydia. Lydia, do you want to introduce yourself? I am Lydia. Um, I'm right now a zoology and environmental science double major. Changes all the time. So, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that Lydia, I know I said this in my intro, but I genuinely think that Lydia is one of the smartest people and she's just so cool. And so I'm very glad that you guys are going to get to hear a little bit about how her science brain works. Um, so... Let's just start with, like, what classes are you taking right now, and then I'll talk a little bit about what I'm taking right now, and then we can get into major stuff. So right now I am taking um, Introduction to Cell Biology, um, ooh, I'm blanking, Calc, and then, yeah, (laughs) um, and then Introduction to Psychology, and then Computer Science and Programming. That's your favorite class, right? Yeah, I'm doing so good. Lydia loves comp sci. I love me some good comp sci. (laughs) Right now, I feel like I might have talked about this before, but we're going to go over it again. I am taking media literacy and analysis, economics, like basic intro economics, um, intro to marketing, um, financial accounting, and hold on, there's another one. What's the other one? Oh, personal health. (laughs) I think that I like most of my classes. Econ is definitely challenging because I just don't have a math brain. So, like, figuring out how the numbers work is not the best sometimes. And that kind of goes with accounting, too. Like, I have written numbers wrong so many times just because they don't click in my head all the time. However, I think that even if there are challenging classes, it's really about the professor that you're taking it with because econ is hard. But my econ professor, like, she just makes it so easy to understand sometimes the concepts are still not there all the time but that's just because I don't fully understand them but I know that she like breaks it down as well as she can to make something really difficult like macroeconomics like make sense to someone who has no plans to do economics my accounting professor is he's good he's he's a cool guy um he (laughs) he gives us a lot of help with stuff which I appreciate I cannot say enough good things about my media literacy professor. I took a class with her last semester. She's my academic advisor. I'm taking a class with her next semester. I love her. She's just the best. And she makes things more of a class discussion, which I think is really important in a college-level class because I think that I would be bored if all of my classes were like, here are the slideshows. Take notes. Like, I don't know if you agree with that, but... All of mine are like that, but... But I feel like, I mean, but I'm also, like, we're in different areas, and so I feel like for communication stuff, having classes that are heavily discussion-based helps a lot, and it really gets, like, it allows you to get to know who you're working with. My marketing class is super chill and easy. I like it a lot. My only 
like downfall with it right now is that we are doing a group project and I thought it was an individual project and I just think that group projects in general are just so annoying but group projects in class when you have people who are like commuters and they don't want to come to campus when they're not supposed to be here I mean that's valid but like it does make it a little bit harder to plan around that and then personal health is super chill. That professor's great. He's into hockey, and he coaches his kids' hockey team. And so we have talked about the PHF a bunch, <laughs> which I love because I love any reason to talk about women's sports. So, you know, I think it hasn't been a bad semester for me, at least. But I know Lydia has some different some different um, experiences. So do you want to talk a little bit about what your classes are like and, you know, what yeah. it's just been like this semester? Um. So this semester has not been a nice little walk in the park by any means. Um, so my cell bio is interesting and my professor's really good. Just like the tests are hard, but I'm doing pretty good in there. Um, calc, nice and easy. I'm a math brain through and through it. Yeah. Yeah. I like calc. (laughs) Just, yeah. That's all we have. (laughs) Yeah. Calculus. Um, my professor is not my teaching style, but he's very nice. So that's cool. Um, and then I have psychology. Professor is not my thing. I like the content. The tests are easy. I'm living my life. Um, comp sci, I did indeed just get a 31% on my last test. Woo! So, Give it up for Lydia. Um, definitely winning there. But um, I don't know. The professor's teaching style just does not work for me. That's how I'm going to phrase that. I think that that is valid. Yeah. So, and like comp sci is not for me, I think. I think that. At, like, one point I was like, maybe data analytics, but no. I cannot do computers for the rest of my life. Actually, that is not, that's not going to work out. Actually, that sounds like I would just die. So, (laughs) So, Lydia just mentioned that she did think about majoring in data analytics for a hot second. But Lydia has also contemplated doing just about any science major or math major here. So, a lot of people come into college and feel like they have to know what they want to do or an area of, like, what they want to do. And obviously, there's some people who are like, I'm just going to go to school. But I feel like the general idea is that, like, you're not going to pay to go to school and have no idea of what you want to do. But, like, it's okay to be like, I think that I want to do this general idea and then figure it out. And I think that Lydia is such a good person to talk to about this because she knows that she likes science and she knows that she likes math. But figuring out, like, where exactly in that has been something that she's, like, challenged a lot by looking at different classes and so I feel like I don't know do you want to talk a little bit more about like yeah why you came to OWU <laughs> and then about your major stuff so there's really not that many zoology programs in the state and so I grew up about an hour away from here and I came here for like a history day thing in like seventh grade and when I found out about the zoology program like I knew that it's where I wanted to be and I always knew that I wanted to do zoology but I have no idea what I want to do with that And also, the programs here make it really easy to double major, like most of them. There's a lot of overlap with things. And so, like, in a lot of professors, like, they'll be like, yeah, you can get this credit with this class, even if it's not necessarily, like, given. So, like, double majoring is very possible here. Um, And so, if I was only a zoology major, I'd have so many holes. So, I've been trying to figure out what I want my second major to be. Or two minors, three minors, whatever. Um, so I have, I came in just zoology and then I was like, I'm going to do environmental science too. And then I took an environmental science class and I heard about the independent project that I had to do senior year and I got scared. So then I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. 
And so then I was like, what about math? Like, I'm really good at math. I know math. That was, that was a good week. Yeah, until somebody was like, you just might fail discrete mathematics like four times before you pass. I don't want to do that. So my brain works in math, but I think I'm not in the market for failing multiple classes in my four years. So then I was like, well, what if I make math a minor and do data analytics as a minor and environmental science as a minor? I had room. It's just, it's a lot for like no reason. And yeah, like, and now that I'm farther into computer science, I'm knowing that like computers and coding are just not for me. And so now I am back to a zoology and environmental science double major because I have decided for right now, who knows, that... Um, we might have a different major for Lydia next week. I will keep you guys updated. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we'll see what I graduate with. But zoology has remained my only given, and I don't even know, like, what exactly I want to go into in zoology. Um, so, like, I, I don't know. I think it is completely okay to come into college and have no idea. Like, all that I came in knowing was science. And even though, like, I came in as zoology and I'm still zoology... I mean, like, I came in very open-minded about that. I was like, well, maybe I'll switch to microbio. Maybe I'll switch to chem. Maybe I'll switch to just general bio. Like, in either way, especially, like, as you grow and you keep on taking classes, like, you're going to get a well-rounded education either way. So you have so many options when you leave. And, like, through, like, different career connection stuff here and, like, different alumni events and stuff, you learn that some people, like... We met this man. Were you at that event? No, you weren't. No, I was not. We met this man who majored in law, and now he's, like, a pilot. (laughs) And he, like, told us about every career that he's ever had. And, like, I don't know. I think that that was very promising for me because I really don't know what I want to do. I have an idea. But, like, either way, I'm going to leave and have options. For sure. And I think think Lydia made a good point about the career connection center. I think that if your (laughs) school has something like that, you should definitely go to it because... Like, not even just for, like, I mean, they helped me with my resume, they helped me set up my LinkedIn, like, put me in touch with some alumni, and that's been great, but also, like, they have people there to literally just talk about what you want to do. You could be like, I've taken these classes, and these are my interests, and they will be like, okay, and try to help, like, steer you in some directions to give you the opportunities to try new things, and I also, another thing that I love about coming to OWU and, like, the liberal arts education, I guess, which we talked about for an entire class last semester, was what is a liberal arts yeah. education? Um, I but love I, that question. <laughs> I think that it really does help you because we are required, and I know all schools have gen eds, but, like, other schools' gen eds are, like, like math, science, history, like, you know, mm-hmm. language. Here it's, like, take an art class, like... <laughs> You know, you have to have your natural sciences and your social sciences and then humanities. And so it's not like you have to take an English class. Like, you can take a psychology class and that could count towards something. And so I think that you have a lot more, like, freedom with choosing what you can and can't take for your education. And it does help you build, like, the skills that you want to learn and, like, introduce you to things that you want to learn instead of being, like, oh, I have to go take a class on World War One. Like, <laughs> sounds like a great day. I do think that, like, some of the requirements are a little bit annoying just because I know I don't want to do anything. I know so specifically what I want to do and where I want to work that it is not beneficial to me. Like, I am learning other skills, but I'm not going to take anything from a geography class into running, like, social media for a sports team one day. Those two things just don't, like, have any similarities. That's me with the humanities. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I think that, like, if you were to take something like, like, 
a comms class, but most comms classes don't even count for the humanities. Yep. But, like, those might help. Mm-hmm. But, like, overall... Like a classics class. Yeah, That's what's that going to do for you? Nothing. Working with the zoo animals. Working with the zoo animals. <laughs> I'll read to them. <laughs> Story time at the zoo. <laughs> yeah. So I do think that it is really nice that you are able to get so many different options and learn so many things. And I know so many people who have benefited from being able to do that. For me, it does get a little bit annoying sometimes. But I think in general, it is a really good positive of going to a school where you, you have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Lydia is also in Greek life, and I know I did a kind of, like, I've done a little bit of sorority stuff, but we're in different sororities, and so is Grace, who was also on here when we talked about sorority stuff, but I, like, why did you go Greek? (laughs) Um, I didn't like that question, but I guess, what has your experience been like getting involved with things on campus, besides just Greek life? So... My involvement on campus, I came here, like, I'm a very outgoing and very social person. However, I do really enjoy my comfort zone. And so getting involved on campus has been, like, as a whole, really difficult for me. Um, I joined the campus programming board here on campus. CPB! Big fan, big fan. We plan all of, like, the things on campus. Um, I really enjoy that. Um, And then... I'm a part of the Women in STEM Club. I don't really do anything. I just go once a month and listen to some professor talk at me. Um, But I really like the girls there. And then now Greek Life, which I came here so adamantly that I was not going to join a sorority. Me too. That I was not that kind of girl. Yep. And then my mom was like, because my mom was in a sorority, and she was like, just try it. Like, just go through recruitment. There's no harm. She was like, if you don't find where you belong, that's fine. If you do, great. And so I went, and I was violently ill on the first day. Yeah, Lydia was in my recruitment group, <laughs> and I remember we walked into one one of the like the rooms to talk to like the like the sisters, and we get up to leave, and our rogam counts us like to make sure we're all there, and I'm like looking around, I'm like, where's Lydia? And Katie's like pulling me like, come she's, on, like, get out. Katie's like, let's go. I was like, but Lydia, and she's like, come on, like she's like, I'll tell you when we get back. And then she was like, so Lydia chose to leave. She wasn't feeling good. And I was like, should I leave? I was like, I need to check on Lydia. I was so stressed out for yeah. you. I felt like I was gonna pass out the entire night. So then I left, and I didn't finish primary recruitment. Um, and like, I wasn't like that hurt about it because I went into it being like, if I don't make it, like if no sorority wants me, if I don't want them, like, that's fine. I can deal with that. Um, but then our row gamma reached out to me and was like, continuous open bidding is a thing. Yeah. And she was like, I think that you should COB theta. And I was like, I mean, I can try. And then I was supposed to meet them for dinner and I was still violently ill. I was ill for like two months after this. Yeah, Lydia was sick for a while. <laughs> I think you, like, exclusively ate granola bars and, like... Peanut butter toast. Peanut butter toast, yep. Yep. For two months straight. Pretty much. Um, So, I was supposed to have dinner with them. I still did not feel good at all, so I canceled. And they were like, let's do a Zoom meeting. So, I did a Zoom meeting with them, and I knew right from there that Theta was the place for me. And now... I don't know. They make involvement a lot easier, and now I'm, like, signed up to be a camp counselor for next year, Yay! and, like, I don't know. I'm just, I feel much more, like, I don't know, like, meeting all of my friends the first weekend of school obviously very much helped, like, the social scene for me, 
Um, but getting involved, I think that Greek life has really pushed me to do that because you're exposed to like 30 other girls that yeah. are involved in everything on campus. And then you do things with other sororities. Like we had a game yep. night this past week and like, so now I know a bunch of the girls in Theta that I didn't <laughs> know before. And it yeah. really does help you branch out in like a social yeah. way, but also like we're required to go to all these like leaders and letters events, which are basically just like educating like about certain topics yeah, like, they're all like specified like so, there's like, a pride one this coming yeah week. the most recent one was about disabilities mm-hmm. and like ableism and that one was like really interesting i feel like i learned so much from it and so i do like that we do have those things mm-hmm. and have to like actively be engaging and like learning yeah while also having fun yeah because those things are very important yeah. <laughs> on campus i'm obviously in dz i am very happy i ended up there i have the best big not to sound like one of those bitches who's like wow i i have the best one but like i genuinely think that like callie and i have clicked so well and it's just so awesome to have people that like you can i feel like it's crazy because realistically it's april 1st so middle of january february march so like two and a half months is how long we've like known these people but it feels like i could like talk to callie about anything i feel like i could go we're like hanging out later i feel like i'm gonna be like okay here's all the stuff that happened today like let's (laughs) let's talk about it and then besides that on campus i have two jobs which i talk about frequently so i'm not gonna like bore you with talking about those again but i am doing my first women's lacrosse game this weekend which will be exciting because i don't know how that works (laughs) so writing up a game recap will be like goal times 10 because they score a lot apparently i don't know how that works i'll have to i'll have to like ask mac or spencer um and then i am also dancing on campus in owu rhythms which is the tap group and i'm very excited to be doing that but i think that getting involved on campus is really easy here because a lot of the events are not like mandatory it's like oh if you want to come you come if you don't want to come you don't come and most of them have snacks which makes it enticing to go love a good snack love a good snack okay um wrapping up what is one of your favorite parts about owu are you out of this i was like are you out of words because there's none or because there's so many it was a mix of both um (laughs) campus i think that our campus is gorgeous i like as much as like i was so not sure about like the size of our school i think that our campus being small and compact and like all of it being right there and for like sure. so easily within walking distance is so nice. And I just think that our campus is so pretty. <laughs> I love campus and I like how it how it's split up. It's like mm-hmm. academic side, student involvement, living. Because it does give you the sense that like, okay, I'm done for the day. I'm going back home. And you don't feel like you're living at school. Yeah, it feels Like it doesn't separate. feel like you're in the mix of your classes all the time, which I think is really nice and has helped me a lot because sometimes you like don't want to even think about class and you're so like separated from that, that that it's not even a thing you have to think about. And then also like the little downtown area, like everything's so walkable around here, which is so nice. Like we could go to, we can go one way and go to like big lots and fast food places or we can go the other way and go to like all these cute little homey restaurants and like little <laughs> shops and it's just like so fun. Yeah. Um, I think that one of my favorite things about Owu is just, like, the people that I have met. I think that that is a very generic answer, but I was genuinely really nervous about making friends in college just because I feel like I'm generally a likable person and I'm very, like, I'm able to have a conversation with people. But I went to one school from pre-K to 8th grade and then I went to the to a high school with most of those same people. And so it was just kind of like whoever you became friends with when you were younger, like, that was kind of it. I don't even remember how I became friends with some people just because 
it was it just happened like you were in the same class and it was like okay i guess we're stuck together because you were in the same class a couple of years and so i was really worried about doing that because sometimes i feel like i'm like a lot for people or sometimes i feel like you know i don't, I don't know i was just unsure of how that was gonna work but i had talked to shout out to jenna norman um because her and i t- <laughs> her and i actually talked before school and we were talking about the world uh, the olympics forgot which (laughs) forgot which big thing it was and we were both like waking up early and so we decided to like text each other during the games and that helped a lot because she moved in like a week or two before because of cheer and so jenna moved in and jenna was like i see your room like and it was like so cool and so we got there and that day i met jenna and then jenna was in lydia's camp group and lydia lily bika like all of them and then we did a movie night one night claire and i were like let's try to do something and like make friends and so we did a movie night and they came, and since then, I feel like it's, like, <laughs> it's yeah, just kind of been it. And now and now we have PJ Dog Johnson. Gross. <laughs> he has joined our um, cult of movie night. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I, like, no, I mean, Lydia's here, so she might cry if I get too sappy, so I won't. Yeah, I'm a crier. But I do think that I've met some of, like, the best people ever here. And, like, I have some good things to say about everyone, but... I'm going to brag a little bit about Lydia because she's right here, but Lydia is one of those people that you can, like, go to about literally anything, and she will, like, talk to you, and Lydia and I are so good at coexisting with each other. (laughs) Like, we will sit in the same room together for, like, hours and, like, not talk. We've been doing it for the past, like, three? (laughs) Yeah, I came, I think I came here at two, and now it's 5.15, and we just, like, I just feel so comfortable around all my friends, and obviously, like, it's April now, we met in August, so there's been enough time to get comfortable but I feel like I could tell them anything. And I don't know, coming from being friends with the same people for 14 years of my life to like new people, I wasn't sure if that was going to be something that I would like have. And I genuinely feel like these are the people that are going to be my friends forever. And if that doesn't happen, that then that really sucks because I really like these people. But Olivia looks like she's about to cry. So do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? I love you. I love you too. <laughs> um, well, I hope you guys were able to, you know, get a little bit more of a feel for what classes are like for us, at least here, and kind of more about picking and choosing your major. I think that you do not have to decide until you until it is like the end of when you have to decide. You have more than enough time to be able to, you know, learn and try new things. And so definitely take all those opportunities that you have to try things because it's so important. Um, do you have anything else that you want to give advice on real quick or are we I good to go? I think so. Okay. So now we are going to get into the Challenge Cup recap and I'm going to apologize in advance for just the different changes in audio. I am recording these in different rooms. So my interview with Lydia was in her room and now this is in my room and I am now using my microphone since I have access to that. But we're going to start with the East region. So the score was 1-1, Washington Spirit, Gotham, and then North Carolina played Orlando, and North Carolina won 1-0. And then in the Central region, Kansas City played the Red Stars, and they won 2-1. And then Houston played Racing Louisville, and they won 3-2. And then in the West, Portland played San Diego. They won 1-0. And... The Rain played Angel City, and they won 3-1. to one. So I first want to talk about the Portland-San Diego game, because that was honestly kind of a shocking game. Just 
because of how calm it was, I guess. I guess calm is the wrong word. But basically, Sophia Smith scored, I think, fifth minute of the match. And that was it. Like, there were no other goals. There was good pressure from a lot of the San Diego players. Um, Sophia Jakobsen had another ball, you know, going into goal-scoring opportunities on more than one occasion. Alex Morgan really looked good, like she was about to get some chances off. Um, There looked to be a moment where Katie Johnson might have won a good free kick, and, you know, San Diego could have gone up one there. But overall, it was very just back and forth, back and forth, and there was no one who really had the upper hand this entire match, in my opinion. I think that the first 45, besides the goal from Soph, was really just a couple crosses in the box, but nothing that really tested Abby Smith. There were a few headers from Taylor Korniak, who I think San Diego is going to be really key on getting her the ball, especially when it's off crosses and free kicks into the box, because she can attach her head onto that ball. Her height definitely helps her, and so as long as she places it right, she could become really dangerous and a really important asset to a team. But overall, I think that she was too predictable with what Abby Smith knew. That was a good thing to see. Um, Abby Smith got the start for Portland instead of Bella Bixby. And when Abby Smith got traded to Portland, I was a little bit worried that we weren't going to see her playing much. And she was starting. She's a really solid goalkeeper. And so I am glad that it doesn't seem like Bixby is going to be the only one playing. And that we will have chances to see... Abby Smith gets some minutes because she is, like I just said, she is really good and I think that you let her play some more and you have a really, really solid backup. And even alternating between the two of them, I think would be really exciting to see. I like how the microphone picks up so much that you could hear someone close their door in the hallway. Um, <clears throat> so, second half starts. There were there were some subs for into the match. Um, Amir Ali went in, and then Emily Van Eggman went in. I ha- I know I said this last week, but I literally have nothing but praise for Amir Ali. I think that she is absolutely incredible, and I got the chance to watch her one game at Rutgers. And shout out to Nubia for really starting the Amira train. But I think that she has so much potential to become even more of an amazing player than she already is. And I'm just so excited to watch her grow into that. And she had a lot of really good chances. Um, There's good opportunities for Alex Morgan. And then when Kelsey Turnbow subbed off and Belle Breed went on, there was some good chances for her that just kind of went just over the bar. Um, Jody Taylor came on and she made a, quite an impact. There was a good opportunity for Amira Ali off a pass from Tegan McGrady. But again, there there was just something that was off for them and something that was not completely connecting, which I think is okay. Obviously, they're a new team. They're adjusting to new coaching. A coach who has never coached in this league before, there's going to be a big adjustment period. And I think that the way that they're playing looks really solid and they've been really good defensively that I think, you know, there's a lot of good potential there. Honestly, Sophia Smith is just so good like I you know everyone I think everyone listening knows that that is my number one I such a big fan of her I think that she is absolutely incredible and so technical on the ball and just she just knows what she's doing and has such a good vision of the game 
like I get so excited to watch her play and I'm actually going to the US Women's National Team game in Columbus on April 9th so I'm very very excited to watch her play in person again because she's just incredible and so hopefully fingers crossed that I can meet her that game and tell her how good she is um, in case she doesn't already know but I think that her goals are kind of just right place right time hitting such a perfect spot that they're so difficult to keep out and that was kind of what this goal was opening minute she was just able to get such a nice run and it worked out for them and so that game did end um 1-0 Portland won Portland really set the tempo for the match and were really solid at holding down the chances that San Diego created San Diego definitely looked a lot better the second half they were pressing forward a lot more but at the end of the day nothing was able to click and reiterating what I said that is more than okay I think that we need to look at this as this is the challenge cup anyway so it's not like it is the regular season this is a complete adjustment period for everyone and so you know a lot of these teams are adjusting to new players how to integrate rookies how to do all this stuff and so you know it might not be everyone's week all the time and that's okay we are now going to talk about what the games were like on this past Wednesday because there was quite a few of them um I think that there were five the whole night, and there were, like, three of them at the same time. And so, I know Orlando played Gotham, and then Portland played Angel City. There was the Washington Spirit versus North Carolina. Oh my god. Battle of Kansas City versus Houston. And there was one more. Oh, Louisville and Chicago. And so I think that I, can, I will give you guys the scores for those ones. <laughs> so for the East, Gotham, Orlando, Gotham 1-1-0. Washington Spirit, North Carolina tied 2-2. For the Central Division, Chicago and Racing Louisville tied 0-0. Houston, Kansas City tied. I'm, I mean, Houston and Kansas City did not tie. Kansas City beat Houston 3-0, and then Portland and Angel City played. Portland won 3-0. And so I think that, obviously, there are, all, are a lot of good things to take out from this. I'm not really going to talk about one game in particular, and just kind of some moments that stood out to me. I think that Chicago and Racing Louisville was kind of a messy game, honestly. There, there was only one yellow card, but there were just a lot of fouls, and it didn't seem like anyone was getting at what they needed to. I think combined, there were only seven shots on target the whole match, which is not bad. But when you factor in the fact that there were 23 shots total, there was something not connecting. I think that this was really a battle of a defend of the defenders and just kind of seeing who could hold it down. And obviously, I'm very excited to see Alyssa Nair back and in goal for Chicago. And Chicago has a really solid team. I do think that they're missing a lot of key players with Tierna Davidson um, out on a season-ending injury, having torn her ACL. You have Casey Kruger out on maternity leave. And so I think that, you know, there's definitely an adjustment period right now for them. But Mal Pugh has looked really sharp for this team, and I am excited to see kind of what works out for them. I think Louisville... Jalen Howell has been really good. Emily Fox has been really good. And I think that they have a lot of really good young players. Um, Gemma Bonner coming over has been amazing. Addison Merrick has been really great for Louisville. And so is Ebony Salmon. And so I'm excited to see how this, you know, team kind of continues to grow and work. Because, again, they have a new coach too. So that is something to keep an eye on. 
The North Carolina Spirit game was honestly, like, kind of wild because, so North Carolina went up um, in the fifth minute off a goal from Dabinia, and then in the 26th minute, Taylor Smith scored. And then that was how it was until the 58th minute when Trinity Rodman scored. And then everyone was like, okay, you know, like, back in the game. And then Ashley Hatch was able to equalize after subbing on. And I think for the Courage, this was a really good game for them. They had five shots the entire match and four were on target and two of them led to goals. And so I think it was a really, really good game. But this one was also very messy. There were 23 fouls for the Spear and 11 for... North Carolina and there were five yellow cards in total the whole match and so obviously there was some tension between these two teams especially with Washington going down two goals in the opening minutes of the match they were obviously trying to come back up and they did they ended up tying the match um Kansas City has really impressed me this season I think that a lot of us did not expect them to be doing as well as they are but they have been really on top of it they have not lost any games so far, and obviously, they've only played three. This is only the opening series of the match, I mean, of the tournament. But still having, you know, not lost three games against teams who are not newer and going through changes is really solid. So Kansas City scored in the second minute. Um, Taylor Leach scored. Kristen Hamilton scored in the 28th minute. And then it kind of seemed like it was going to stay that way until Loa Labonta scored in the 60th minute. And again, this was... Another one of those matches where they got nine shots on target. I mean, nine shots, six on target, three of them were goals. So they had really good opportunities and really good chances to get in spots and score, which I was very excited to see for them. I think that the Dash has really, really good players, and there is so much potential there. You, I mean, you have Nichelle Prince, you have Maria Sanchez, you have uh, Makame. Like, you just have solid players. I think that... They just maybe got to try out some rotation, figure out a solid, a, like a better solid center back pairing. Um, that seems to be the issue there is like the defense is just not clicking the way it should be from what I have seen and from my perspective. I think that I would really like to see um, Ella Diedrich go in goal for Houston. And I want to see more of Shea Groom, but obviously if she's not playing, there's probably a reason for it. Big addition to Houston is that Allie Prysock is back, so very excited for her. Very excited for the Houston team. And then sad news for Kansas City is that Lynn Williams tore her ACL. No, she did not tear her ACL. She injured her hamstring. There's been quite a few different ACL injuries, but she did hurt her hamstring, is getting surgery, and is on the season-ending injury list. So I am wishing her all the best. Her and Tierna, I really hope that they can recover well and recover quickly and just get back on the field soon. Um, I hope their recovery goes smoothly. And then also, Sam Mewis is out for a while. Um, she had a knee issue, and she's kind of been having this nagging problem for a while. So she has been out. She was called into camp, but they recently changed that, and no one will be called up in her place. Um, besides that, I mean, Portland winning 3-0. Sophia Smith's goal was just so good. Like, I have no... There's just, like, no words for how good she is. And I know I'm, like, a Soph fan, so obviously I think everything she does is good. But the way that she she got that past Allison Swaby and then was able to get around another defender and, like, the way she twisted and positioned herself 
was just so incredibly well done and it hit the back of the net so perfectly and I'm just I'm just amazed. Another good thing that happened was the Gotham goal. Gotham's goal came in the 86th minute for Mitch Purse. This match was fairly even honestly. I think that Gotham looked really solid. I think that there are still obviously a few kinks to work out for them but overall I think that they looked not bad. Like you can tell that they're getting better each game. Midge has looked a lot better. Caprice has looked better. And I think that they are very much getting to the point of being that team. And so the goal came in the 86th minute. Midge had such a good run up the field. And then she just released it at the perfect time. Um, Anna Morehouse for Orlando came out. And she was just able, like, the goal was basically empty. And so Midge had, like, a wide open target. And just the celebration was so good to watch. She was just, like, laying on the ground, like, so happy. And Gotham got their first win of the season, which is very exciting. And I'm just really proud of this team. I think a big thing for Gotham that I'm very excited about is that we signed Kellyanne Livingstone, a defender from New Jersey. And I think that her story is just so cool because she grew up going to Gotham games. Or, well, Sky Blue at the time. But she grew up going to those games, cheering on that team. And so for her to now be playing for that team that she grew up watching, I just think is so cool. And I'm very excited to see what she does and just how this, you know, season plays out. Um, For Gotham, I would like to see Delaney Sheehan play some more. And yeah, also for Orlando, um, Marta, unfortunately, tore her ACL, I think, or it was like a ligament in her knee, but either way something similar to that, and has been placed on the season-ending injury list. So I am also wishing her a very easy and speedy recovery. That is pretty much all the Challenge Cup news. I'm sorry that this is not, like, a good analysis of the games, and it's just kind of giving you a rundown of some good moments. But this week was kind of crazy. I was a little bit sick beginning of the week and just had a lot of homework to catch up catch up on in Econ midterm. And so hopefully I will get back onto doing some more analysis stuff soon. I do want to quickly talk about the roster for the April Friendlies against Uzbekistan. Um, They named the roster. So goalkeepers, Bella Bixby, Aubrey Kingsbury, which was Aubrey Blesdo, and then Alyssa Nair. Very excited about those. I think that it'll be really good to see Bixby hopefully get some minutes. And same with um, Aubrey. Um, You know, Alyssa, obviously, she's probably still one of the number ones. Uh, probably still is number one, but she is coming back from injury, and so I'm hoping that these friendlies will be used as, you know, kind of easing her back into the national team training environment, but giving the other two an opportunity to play. Defender-wise, Alana Cook, Abby Dahlkemper, Amani Dorsey, Emily Fox, Sofia Huerta, Naomi Gurma, and Kelly O'Hara. I think that this is a solid mix. I am so happy for Imani. I literally am so excited when I saw her name on the list. I'm very excited for Naomi Naomi Gurma, first national full team call-up. Very excited for her. I think her and Alana Cook are going to play really well together. I mean, they were at Stanford together, and so I think that I'm that will be a good pairing. I'm happy Sofia Huerta is getting solid call-ups. You know, I, I honestly, I think this roster is really solid. I think a lot of people don't agree because it is mostly younger players. But, I don't know, I think that that is kind of... If if no veterans are called in for June, I think then it is an issue, but I think right now it is still a really good development opportunity because the World Cup cycle does technically start in 
July when we go to qualifying for the World Cup. And so I think that if you're getting these younger players as many minutes as possible, then they will just have that experience when actually playing against teams for qualifying. Um, midfielders, Lindsey Horan, Jalen Howell, Rose Lavelle, Katarina Macario, Christy Mewis, Ashley Sanchez, and Andy Sullivan. Sam Mewis was called up, but like I said, she's been injured and she will not be at camp anymore. I'm so happy Kat is here. I know that there's been some issues in the past with like players not being released during certain times, but I think that since this is technically a FIFA window, she is allowed to leave, but her and Lindsay Horan will be coming over from Lyon. Kat has been so good for Lyon. I literally, like, I don't even think I could put into words how good she is, but the way she's able to control the ball and just, like, turn and chew and score all the time is, like, so good. Um, I am very happy about Andy Sullivan, Ashley Sanchez. Obviously, they work really well together. And I am very excited to see how Kat and Rose link up a lot more. So, fingers crossed that we get to see them play together a lot. And then forward-wise, Ashley Hatch, Mallory Pugh, Midge Purse, Trinity Rodman, and Sophia Smith. Again, I think that this is really solid. I think you're getting some younger players' time with Trinity and Sophia. Um, and not as experienced national team players with Midge and Ashley Hatch. And then you have Mallory Pugh, who is the veteran of the forwards group. I know a lot of people were upset that Kristen Press was not called up. And I saw a handful of people upset about Alex Morgan. I think we can all agree Tobin Heath and Megan Rapino not really been played, have been injured. Those are justifiable non-call-ups. And I think that Kristen and Alex are also justifiable non-call-ups because if you think about it, they really only started playing two weeks ago. Was it two? Yeah, two weeks ago. <laughs> and before that, Kristen hadn't played in six months. And so, yeah, she's playing good and she looks really good, but I don't blame Blacko for wanting to have a little bit more time to like and analyze how this front line is going to look, you know? The roster features just two players with 100 or more caps. So Kelly O'Hara will probably be captain, and then after her, Lindsay Horan. Um, I know, notably, Becky Sauerbrunn is not there. She is recovering from an injury right now. She had gotten surgery on her knee. I think that we should just ban knees. I think that they are stupid, and I think that players... I hate that so many people are injured. There are 14 players with 15 or fewer caps which I think is very exciting. You're getting a lot of people opportunity and experience. And I don't know, I'm looking forward to this. I think that playing Uzbekistan is like not a solid, like a super high ranked team. They're 48th in the world and 10th in Asia, but I don't think that they're like bad. Like I think that they're going to give us a fair enough you know, challenge and, like, ex like op opportunity to try things. And I think, I think it could very easily be, like, a 6-0 game. But I also think it could be something like 2-0 or something like that. And so I don't really want to count them out. And I think that people saying that the U.S. only ever plays low-ranked teams is a load of crap. And honestly, you have to look at it from, if there's all these other tournaments going on, who can we get? Do people want to travel here? Can people travel here? It's a lot of those logistics that I feel like people often ignore. And so I am excited for this game. Like I said, I will be there. It will be the first game at the new Columbus Crew Stadium. So I'm very excited to be there and to the first game for the U.S. Women's National Team. Obviously, the Columbus Crew has played there and I'm pretty sure the men's national team played there. But I am very excited to be there and I will be sure to talk all about it probably in two weeks because the game's next Saturday. And so I will post this in two Saturdays post the episode talking about it in two Saturdays, but yeah.
Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Mickey Mike's Up. I really do hope you enjoyed meeting Lydia and the interview I did with her. I just, I just love her and I love all my friends here. So I was very happy to be able to do that. And then again, I'm very sorry that my challenge cup analysis is not really an analysis. It's more just me talking about some of my favorite things. But like I said, full-time college student, we will get back into your regular scheduled programming soon. I am very excited for just everything that I have planned for this podcast. Some of it is going to take longer than others, but overall, I it's just crazy how long I've been doing this. I mean, it's now April, so almost a year. It's been nine months of me doing this, and I'm just so excited the growth it's had and just the support and everything. I did a really cool interview with Jersey Sporting News the other day, and so keep your eyes peeled for when I post that article because I'm very excited to share it. And I have some other cool stuff coming up with them, and once I'm back home, I will be at all the Gotham games helping to cover the team with some, you know, on here, Jersey Sporting News, soccer over Gotham, and so I'm very excited to be able to do all that very soon. With that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to follow on Twitter at Mickey underscore Alfano on Instagram at MickeyMikesUp and Mickey.Alfano. And, you know, anytime you see me retweet anything, Jersey Sporting News, be sure to support that. And I hope you guys have a great weekend and a great next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.